I've been seeing a lot of things talking of people making commentary. Um, interestingly enough, the ones I've noticed that have been making the commentary are wealthy black people making the commentary about we should not be um, rioting, we should not be looting, we should not be tearing up our own communities. And then there's been an argument of the other side of we should be hitting them in the pocket. We should be focusing on the blackout days where we don't spend money. Um, but, you know, I feel like we should do both. And I feel like I support both. And I'll tell you why I support both. I support both because there, when you have a civil unrest like this, there are three types of people in the streets. There are the protesters, there are the rioters, and there are the looters. The protesters are there because they actually care about what is happening in the community. They want to raise their voices and they are there strictly to protest. You have the rioters who are angry, who are anarchists, who really just want to fuck shit up. And that's what they're going to do regardless. And then you have the looters. And the looters almost exclusively are just there to do that, to loot. Now, people are like, well, what did you gain? Well, what did you get from looting? I think that as long as we're focusing on the what, we're not focusing on the why, and that's my issue with that. As long as we're focusing on what they're doing, we're not focusing on why they're doing. And some people are like, well, those aren't people who are legitimately angry about what's happening. Those are people who just want to get stuff. Okay, well then, let's go with that. Let's say that's what it is. Let's ask ourselves why in this country, in 2020, the financial gap between poor blacks and the rest of the world is at such a distance that people feel like their only hope and only opportunity to get some of the things that we flaunt and flash in front of them all the time is to walk through a broken glass window and get it. That they are so hopeless that getting that necklace, getting that TV, getting that change, getting that bed, getting that phone, whatever it is that they're going to get is that in that moment when the riots happen and if they present an opportunity of looting, that's their only opportunity to get it. We need to be questioning that why. Why are people that poor? Why are people that broke? Why are people that that food insecure, that clothing insecure, that they feel like they're only shot, that they are shooting their shot by walking through a broken glass window to get what they need. And then people want to talk about, well, there's plenty of people who pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and got it on their own. Why can't they do that? Let me explain to you something about economics in America. And I'm so glad that as a child, I got an opportunity to spend time at PUSH where they taught me this, is that we must never forget that economics was the reason that black people were brought to this country. We came to do the agricultural work in the South and the textile work in the North. Do you understand that? That's what we came to do. We came to do the agricultural work in the South and the textile work in the North. Now, if I right now, if I right now decided that I wanted to play Monopoly with you and for 400 rounds of playing Monopoly, I didn't allow you to have any money. I didn't allow you to have anything on the board. I didn't allow for you to have anything. And then we played another 50 rounds of Monopoly and everything that you gained and you earned while you were playing that round of Monopoly was taken from you. That was Tulsa. That was Rosewood. There are Those are places where we built black economic wealth, where we were self-sufficient, where we owned our stores, where we owned our property, and they burned them to the ground. So that's 450 years. So for 400 rounds of Monopoly, you don't get to play at all. Not only do you not get to play, you have to play on the behalf of the person that you're playing against. You have to play and make money and earn wealth for them and then you have to turn it over to them.
So then for 50 years, you finally get a little bit and you're allowed to play. And every time that they don't like the way that you're playing or that you're catching up or that you're doing something to be self-sufficient, they burn your game. They burn your cards. They burn your Monopoly money. And then, finally, at the release and the onset of that, they allow you to play and they say, okay, now you catch up. Now, at this point, the only way you're going to catch up in the game is if the person shares the wealth, correct? But what if every time you, you share the wealth, then there's psychological warfare against you to say, oh, you're an equal opportunity hire. So if I played 400 rounds of Monopoly with you and I had to play and give you every dime that I made, and then for 50 years, every time that I played, I, if you didn't like what I did, you got to burn it like they did in Tulsa and like they did in Rosewood, how can you win? How can you win? You can't win. The game is fixed. So when they say, why do you burn down the community? Why do you burn down your own neighborhood? It's not ours. We don't own anything. We don't own anything. There is, Trevor Noah said it so beautifully last night. There's a social contract that we all have. That if you steal or if I steal, then the person who is the authority comes in and they fix the situation. But the person who fixes the situation is killing us. So the social contract is broken. And if the social contract is broken, why the fuck do I give a shit about burning the fucking football hall of fame, about burning a fucking target? You broke the contract when you killed us in the streets and didn't give a fuck. You broke the contract when for 400 years we played your game and built your wealth. You broke the contract when we built our wealth again on our own by our bootstraps in Tulsa and you dropped bombs on us. When we built it in Rosewood and you came in and you slaughtered us. You broke the contract, so fuck your target. Fuck your Hall of Fame. As far as I'm concerned, they could burn this bitch to the ground. And it still wouldn't be enough. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. Krim Jackson, you are live on the set, and I'm going to take you around the world with me. My dream as a minimalist CEO, turning my clients' dreams into reality is what I do, showing that success is truly, truly for everyone. Hey, you guys, I've got new shows weekly. Stay tuned and live your best life. Best life. Best life. Kareem Jackson, you are live on the set, and I want to thank you so much for being here. You are going to love what we have in store for you this year. Wait till you see it. Stay tuned. Mainly black Americans, you need to watch 
this, okay? I know what's going on. I know how you feel. I've been there. Back in the day, I thought it was just me. I thought I was the only nigga complaining because it seemed like everybody around me was doing perfect, was doing wonderful. I didn't realize how deep, pretentious people's attitudes were. So when I had my issues, I really was like, oh, man, it's just me, man. You know, what the hell? You know, how do I figure this, this, this stuff out? How do I do it? And so that's really where it all started for me. So this whole thing is about how I quit my job, um, left America, and survived, you guys. No further ado, you guys, let's get here to number one, you guys. The first thing I did, you guys, was I need to figure out what lifestyle do you want. You really need to think about this. You may not really understand it really deep inside right now. This is a key, key, key component to being successful is understanding this one component right here. Like the sister said in that video that has went viral as she's speaking the truth is that we own nothing in the States. And one mistake, one wrong move, one cop pulls you over and you go to jail, you can lose everything by mistake. And so that was always my fear. How could I grow? How could I be happier and, and, and live a better life? And I realized that American lifestyle is not for black folks. That's not where we're from. Think about the lifestyle you're living. My reality check came to me when my father got older, my mother got old, and I realized we had the downside. The fabulous house he worked his life for. He couldn't manage that house. When you get older for the Americans, like myself and most Westerners, our dream is to retire on a beach with a margarita, rum and coconut, to chill, to retire and write a book or to travel or whatever. Most of us don't want to sit at home and be broke and not be able to go anywhere and have to be hustling on the side, driving Uber or whatever the hell, just to make side money because you don't you don't have money to really retire. Luckily for us in America, they don't discriminate as much against the elderly. So you can work to your 70 years old. But who the hell wants to work till 70 years old? A lot of folks abroad, when I first came and we began traveling, they would tell me that the biggest thing that they loved about America and why they wanted to go to America to get rich and to be successful and things like that is because they can work two and three jobs. Whereas abroad, in Asia especially, um, and here in the Philippines, you can't work two or three jobs. You can only work one job at a time, especially if you have a company corporate job. They don't allow you to work two or three jobs. And plus one job, usually it's six days a week, eight to 12 hours a day. Eight is basic. And then you've got travel. Travel here is harder, things like that. So at the end of the day, they like that. I would always reply, yeah, if you're stupid and you can't get a good job and you need to have two and three jobs to freaking make your rent and your bills to be paid, then you need to do that. But if you go to the States and you have a good job and you're okay. I waited tables at the Cheesecake Factory. I was an award-winning waiter. I was one of the highest tipped waiters in the company who so they transferred me from Kansas City Overland Park where I started waiting tables. I would leave my boardroom in downtown Kansas City I would take off my freaking suit, I'd hop in my convertible, and I would put on my uniform, my apron, and I would roll my ass to wait tables because I was so desperate to get the freak out and to change my lifestyle. And folks like Candace inspired me because I saw they were happier than me, they had a family, and they made less money than I made at my company. Then I started meeting people and realizing, wow. I have a company, I'm doing great, but happiness is really underestimated in America. If you think about it, you may want to be a billionaire. Does he look happy to you? My point was that choosing your lifestyle, because at the end of the day, if you're working, at the time, I did not want to turn 40 years old 
in America. That was my goal. Don't listen to those YouTubers showing you their Bentleys and their Mercedes telling you about freaking meditation and, and all this crap so you can get these cars. Because what that looks like to me is an idiot. Wouldn't you rather have money in the bank? Or my choice was to downgrade my lifestyle. What amazed me was that people who live this lifestyle, if this is your focus, if this is what you want to do when you retire, is to live and enjoy life. And the reason that most people choose the tropics is because the tropics are beautiful. The other reason that I realized is the conversion rate is so much higher. One dollar equals 50 to 100. The difference is with me, as I said before, when I chose this lifestyle, instead of busting my butt and working 50, 60 hours a week, what I decided to do was I decided to go ahead and to work less. I know I can live in this particular place. I can work my website. I can do what I do. And at that time, magazines were just going digital. So having a digital magazine, that wasn't even in my mind yet. So whatever your life is, I'm saying this, I know that most of us, I know us black folk, I know that we are materialistic. I know that they have trained us that way. They've trained us to love their things. I see brothers all over the place now. The big thing I see, the Gucci slides and the Prada slides. Come on, you guys, wake up. Don't do that. I get it. I understand that the lifestyle that you're living right now, that's what you need. And that was how I was. I used to have a budget every week that I would spend for suits and things like that because you don't need any of that. If you're living here like I'm talking about, all you need is to freaking buy some rum, some pineapple juice, and make sure you have Wi-Fi connection on laptop. Everything else is extra. You know, you splurge and you go get your hair done. You know, I got dreads and grew out dreads. I got a beard now. So think about that, you guys. And number two, you guys, understand this. Once you've figured out your lifestyle, number one, you figure out what you want to do. For me, I wanted a simple lifestyle. I want to enjoy and I want to be a writer. I want to be creative. The next thing is that once you figure that out, you need to figure out where you want to go. You need to really take the time and research this stuff. So you need to go through and call, search on maps, talk to people. Facebook is how I launched my business, you guys. As I told you before, a lot of foreigners, especially Filipinos, they would work abroad and they would be happy that Americans could have two jobs, right? And then they're thinking, well, why do you want to have two jobs? Why do you want to work so much? What's that about? And I'm thinking, well, then how do you live in a bed space or an apartment with four or five folks in it? You have nothing really. And then you send everything back home. Who does that? Keep in mind that the lifestyle change then dictates everything else. But then when you figure your lifestyle out, now you figure out where you want to go. And if you want to figure out where you want to go, really think about it from the perspective of the future lifestyle that you want to leave. Don't think of it as your office. Don't look for a place you can go and everything's air conditioned and everything's bougie. Don't look at leaving the States and moving abroad to level up. They need to pick your freaking destination very wisely. Pick for the future. Think if I couldn't work and 33 or 40 million Americans can relate to this right now. If I can't work, where would I live and be happy? Or when I retire, where would I live and be happy? The next thing after that, once you've chosen the place, and as I said I chose here in Asia, the next number three, you guys, you need to really analyze the value of your money. Analyze what it is. Analyze a currency conversion. You always hear the term OFWs, overseas foreign workers, or you know that there's yayas, or there's nurses, or there's executives in the States, for example. And usually you know them because of they're from 
the brown countries like the Philippines or from something like that, right? And you meet these people. And if you do know a Filipino in the States, you should talk to them about this. Knowing the conversion rate can really give you a lot of power, especially if you are an entrepreneur. Let me tell you this right now, okay? We paid over $100,000, US dollars, per issue to print our magazines in the States. So every issue, no matter what the hell happened, I had a $100,000 nut to pay every quarter, every three months. And we were late, it was frustrating, it was hard for me, it was hard for the company, it was hard to grow, it was just, it was, we spent most of our time figuring out printing. Before I could eat, before I could pay my staff, before I could pay for my cars, I had to make sure I had this money. And usually we didn't. So we had to have the loans. So we made payments, which had interest. But that was normal. It was no big deal. It was normal. Initially, I outsourced my secretary services. I outsourced my calling. I outsourced my graphics design for logos and things like that. I outsourced my, my video design and things like that for clients. And then I had just begun outsourcing the development of websites to the Philippines. And the printing, though, came and went digital. They had, came out with what they called um, web-fed printing, which then turned into where I could send the high-resolution files directly to the printer abroad in Asia. Um, and it's either China at the time or the Philippines. I chose the Philippines, even though it was a little bit higher. But they, they spoke English, right? They wrote in English. And they were very great in service, really good hospitable. And I didn't believe it to be true. The minimum order in America for me to do printing was 20,000 copies. That was a minimum I could print, minimum order, and I usually cost, I would say if I got a hookup, 75,000, but 75, more around 100,000. If I'm paying $100,000 for printing, 50 of that means that I should do 10, 15, 20, 25, 30,000, including shipping. And remember, the minimum was 20,000 copies. So in this situation, because I was black American and there's no racism and things were great and they were really treating me very well. This is a main printer in the Makati city of the Philippines, right? They sent me four or five proof copies to my house. I think I paid four or five dollars each for those. So now I had a four or five proof copies of the magazine to show to advertisers and potential partners and sponsors. This is what I'm doing. Before I couldn't do that, man. I would take you flat sheets and show it to you on a, on a screen or something. Now I could really show you how the paper was going to feel. Because everyone's thing was like, well, who's the Philippines? Where's that? Can they really print? How's the quality? They proved that the quality was just fine. I ordered the next batch of copies. It's true. It was much cheaper. And that's how I got introduced to it. And then later I realized that was with everything. The graphics design, everything. I went further. And it's not taking advantage. The truth of it is, I can outsource that. I don't need five computers and five trash cans and five staplers and five papers and trash. And I don't need any of that. I don't need to have a paperwork everywhere and shredding and, and fire hazards and all that crap. I don't need that. All the shady things that makes you do the pursuit of the money to live up to the standard, all that goes away. You live a much more Zen meditation type lifestyle. And that is why they call me the minimalist CEO, because then you become more of a minimalist. And you can enjoy life more because you're not so worried about impressing people you don't even like in the first place. So you guys, keep that in mind that one thing you need to really do is go in that closet, have a yard sale, figure out what the hell you need and what you do not need. Stop playing the game. Stop playing their game. 
and really understand that you need to shed all your shit and get down to what really makes you happy. That's the key here. Now, I saw more minimalist lifestyle. I don't have the stress. I don't have high blood. I can afford to eat fresh food every single day. I can afford to have someone cook for me so I know it's healthy, it's not rushed every single day. So your health goes better. You get healthier. You're not working 60 hours a week traveling in traffic and all that stress. So your high blood pressure is gone. And you know what? You're more realistic. You don't need the brand new phone from AT&T. That old phone's fine. You don't need it. And I realized I was marketing and selling to my own people, mainly, but my own people, crap that really did not help them and it really hurt their life. And I didn't like it. You can sell all that shit and live your life and it will not be a big deal at all. And then here you guys, number five on this list, you guys, keep this in mind. You need to decide. And you can decide no matter where you are, what you are, business, job, hiatus, or are you going to do all the above? I do all the above. Don't believe the crap. We know it does not take money to make money. It takes a brain to make money. Read the book, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. You don't want to read it? Get the audio book. Look on YouTube, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Changed my life, you guys. It was something that we all know, but at the end of the day, as black Americans, as small business entrepreneurs, we don't think about it as much because we believe that we're successful because of this Gucci's because of this degree, because of this. That's why we think that we're successful. But when you give everything up like I did, shed your shit, walk away from your company, and then go wait tables, I served drinks and food and got tipped by the same mayors, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and business people in the city that I showcased in my magazines. The power of networking is huge. And Americans, we are so good at it. More than anyone in the world, Americans are really, really good at networking. One, we invented it. The internet is ours. We grew up with it. Facebook, we know him. We know Zuckerberg. We knew MySpace. We know Instagram. We know all this stuff. The issue is most people in the States until this COVID-19 thing, they wanted to have a shop. They wanted to have a, a physical business. Now they're realizing a $3,000 computer can sure in the hell beat $13,000 a month rental space. So the power of networking and connections is huge because I open my business networking and you can do the same thing. Meet the people in your industry that are doing the things that you do not want to do. Network with a company that answers phones so you don't have to. Network with a company and connect with someone that can design your fashions for you so you don't have to design it. All you want to do is maybe design it, but not manufacture it. Or maybe you don't even care about designing it. All you want to do is label it and then market it on your website. But meet the people that are doing all the things because one thing I realize is there's so many people in physical businesses, they don't need any more. Right now, we're actually closing them down because of this pandemic. No one needs any more physical businesses right now. They need people that know how to sell crap online. That's what they need. I don't need to have much money every month. I live more than, I need more than $500 a month now. But I don't need that much so I can enjoy my life more. I can really give passion to what I'm doing. I can sit here for 
all these hours talking to you about this insightful article on how you can get free because I'm not rushed. There's no, there's no next meeting. Once you got the connections, you've made all these changes. You shit all your shit. You know what you want to do. You, you know, you're hating your job and all that crap like that. Then the next thing you need to do, and if it was me, I'd take two or three of my friends. We go have lunch. We get margaritas, and you know what the next thing we do? We go to the damn post office, and I would go and get my damn passport. That's what I would do. Don't mess around with it. Go and get your passport. Go get it. Once you have it, one, you can use it as an ID. This is your right as an entrepreneur to have these things. So go out and get your passport. Get your picture taken. Make it a friend. Make it a thing. Bring your friends with you. Go get your passport. If you know already where you're going to go and you've already made that decision, like you made, I think that was number two or number three, then you know what? You know where you're going to go. Then go out and buy a ticket. Don't buy a pair of Gucci's and products. Don't do that. Don't buy Versace. Don't do that. What the hell is that? Go out and buy your passport and buy a plane ticket somewhere far away. Do you want to see a change? You want to see the experience conversion rate? You really want to see a different culture and lifestyle? Go get a ticket that costs you at least $700. Go at least 15,000 miles away somewhere, whether it's Africa, Asia. Go somewhere. What I mean when I say that it's a right as an American to own a passport, what I'm really talking about is the fact that by owning a passport in the States, you can travel anywhere pretty much visa-free. Here, it's a skill. So if you know those skills, you can level up abroad. So be ready for the opportunity because when they opportunity, you are in America. So if they do want to hire you as a nanny or a yaya or a tutor or whatever, they're going to Google. The world goes to Google, not just Americans. And when they see you, even if, if you're a simple person, like a teacher or something like that, and you have a really simple website even, doing a video, talking about yourself, promoting yourself, you're going to get the job that much easier. And then there are opportunities that may come out of it and the pride that it gives you. And it opens the door because now you're changing your life, right? You're going minimalistic. You're being simple. So now you want to be able to communicate, market your skills or whatever you're doing without meeting in person. And the best way and to get search engines and things like that is a website. Now that you've figured all this out, you guys have got it going for you, figured out where you wanna go, you know the conversion rate, You've talked to people, you've got consultants, you're working on your networking, you're even hating your job even more now. The next thing is you have to go ahead and just do it and go. Just go. You've planned, you've downsized, you've sold your crap, you've been ready for this, you've been networking, your website's there. Maybe you made a little money already, you know, maybe you got a few clients already, and whatever you're gonna do, or maybe you've saved everything, you got the money in the bank, and you're just gonna do a hiatus thing. You gotta go ahead and just do it. Quit. Walk out. You know, don't don't play games. Maybe for you, doing it or quitting isn't about quitting necessarily everything. Maybe you quit that executive job and you go wait tables like I did. But then there, you just got to go ahead and do it. You got to get out there. You need to go and push it through. You've got to really, really see yourself and really, really go through and figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Really, just take the leap. When you get there, the biggest benefit to you to do what I'm doing, 
There's other ways to do it, but to do what I'm trying to do and being happy and minimalist in your life and really enjoying and living your passion and working for what you want to work with is that when you get there, don't come as an American. Don't come as a white American or a black American or whatever. Don't do that. Wherever you go, whether it's Bali, Africa, Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, wherever you go, Australia, wherever you decide to go, go there and immerse yourself in the culture. So one thing that I consciously did, you guys, and I'm saying this to you because I really, really, really think you need to hear this. You need to surrender. You need to understand America is not the number one best place in the world. Lose that freaking ego. It's not true. We're good at what we're good at. We're number one at what we're number one at. But have you seen any country protesting with armed guns to go and back to work because they couldn't feed their people? No, those are white Americans in the States. Have you seen any American protesting about racist treatment being killed by the police abroad? No, you haven't. So when you go abroad, you can learn a whole lot from their culture because everyone, God blessed us all with our own values. Rich whites send their children to study and work and travel abroad for a reason. Rich whites have their, rich people in general, have their kids enrolled abroad for a reason. They travel, they have passports young for a reason. There is a huge value to knowing the world. I miss black Americans sometimes, I miss it, but in the day I'm fine, I can do it, I surrender to it. And now one of the biggest benefits that I have for my career abroad is that I'm one of the only consultants who can help clients learn how to succeed abroad. Do not have an ego. Do not think that you're all that. Don't do that. That's not going to help you. It's going to help anybody else. It's short and not going to help people like you and help you when you're here. Because one thing I do see a lot of foreigners here, I see a lot of especially white men in the in, abroad that are abroad. They're so arrogant. They're so uptight. They're so the white privilege that they don't even know they even have is in their head so strong that they're actually rude, disrespectful to locals. They look down to them. They don't realize that not everybody wants to be rich, bro. So you guys again, Cream Jackson live on the set. So of course, I have a bonus for you for staying here so long. The next number 11, you guys, friendships and dating abroad. You guys, you need to be realistic. If you're looking for someone that just loves you directly, then that might not be the person for you. But a lot of people, that's a win-win. If you are older or, or something like that and you want someone young and you want to be able to, to enjoy it and you, that's your thing, most black Americans, I will say this, men and women alike, we like to have a partner that's more equally yoked with us. So that being said, keep that in mind when you're looking for friendships and when you're dating, especially when you're turning your friend into a date. Is it you, when you get off that plane, you're a millionaire now. People are going to see you as an opportunity. They're going to see you as money maybe, support maybe, but then at the end of the day also, if you're looking at people that are equally yoked with you, then maybe they're not looking for anything, like a true friend. And I found true friends, true family here. I've never had an issue like I hear most of the white guys that message me have. That's why I don't bring on my shows. I've never been taken advantage of. I've never been robbed. I've never been stolen from. I've never been used. I've never been abused. None of that. 
And in a lot of ways, it's a lot better for friendships and relationships here abroad because you can level up the quality of people that you are hanging with. So finding friends and dating abroad, just be wise, understand I've never had the issues. I do know many folks that have had issues, personal friends that have had horror stories of going home and their wife is gone with the baby and you know, I've got horror stories. But usually when I get into it, I will say this, it was probably their fault too. The other side of it is, if you are nice and you do surrender, you are humble, especially how black Americans, we're very humble people globally. They treat you like a king. They love you, they, they, they're genuine. You have genuine friends. I've had times abroad where I've been broke. I've had friends help me. We realize that especially nowadays, being in business is not all about business anymore. It's a lifestyle, it's a culture change. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a lifestyle. And again, Kareem Jackson live on the set. Success is for everyone, you guys. Do not hesitate, believe in yourself. Understand that you have what it takes to get what you want out of life. And if you are just a little bit successful in the States, especially if you're a minority or if you're black, then you can survive anywhere in the world. And the worst case, you just go back home and you're still broke. At least you got the experience. And travel is never a wasted investment. You never lose your investment when you invest in yourself. Again, without further ado, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and you've been watching here, you guys, my whole thing about how I quit my job, I outsourced my company, I left America, and I survived. So again, you guys, thank you very much. And you've been watching Kareem Jackson live on the set. small business owners, entrepreneurs, and celebrities. Shh. Hey, you guys, I've got a secret to tell you. Go get that promo. Check this out. Canco has a new website promo for $350. That's just 15,000 pesos, and your small business can have a fantastic website. You know how the guys are beating you out there, how they're getting customers, how they're online. Despite anything, they can keep going. They can still reach customers. People can still buy, see their stuff. Here, you guys, I've got the secret. They can still do it because they're reaching their clients online with their fantastic website. The promo, you guys, is just 15,000 pesos, $350. You can showcase your products and reach the world. Go get that promo. Say what? Go get that promo.